you. Thank you for inviting me here, Catherine. I'm not quite sure what I, uh, you know, the angle I should take being a playwright in, uh, in uh, discussing uh, in, in a forum such as this. Um, I, I hope I can shed some light on some of the. Uh, I, I hope that what I was able to have some bearing, uh, some relevance on, on what's been discussed so far today, which I found very, very illuminating. Um, I'm here to talk about uh, a play of mine called uh, The Estate. Uh, and there are two things I just would like you to know. Um, it says uh, on, on, on the, uh, my sheet there. Uh, I, I teach at Florida State University, uh, and I just wish to, to um, <laughs> for those of you who might be jealous, just, I mean, it's, it's the Florida State, it's the London campus of Florida State. <laughs> 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 yeah, no enmity towards me. <laughs> and the second uh, thing, just in case, again, so that uh, you, you will not... Uh, no misconception. Uh, the, the, the play I shall introduce to you is called The Estate, and actually it's a play that's set in Nigeria. So it's not set in London. It's a play set in Nigeria, and the estate refers to the estate of the uh, late patriarch of a family. Uh, the, the, the plot of the story is that the, the children, it's a, a very wealthy patriarch uh, who passes away, and his children come from, from England and from America to bury him and uh, it's the typical family squabbles over his estate. Um, I should first of all introduce myself. Uh, I'm uh, a playwright, as I've said, uh, as well as a lecturer in this studies. Also, uh, I started writing in, professionally in, since 2003. Um, and one of the interesting things is that I came up at a time when the Arts Council uh, in England had just given a large injection of money uh, to the theatre industry, uh, specifically for the purposes of diversity. The idea was that there were several uh, papers that had come up from the Arts Council. Uh, I'm not sure if any of you might remember Nazim Khan's 1976 uh, paper, the, the, the Arts That uh, uh, England, uh, Britain Ignores. Uh, and the paper was a study about the fact that a lot of the ethnic, what we might describe, they might describe as ethnic minority theatre, and uh, I can understand some confusion people have with labels uh, in terms of what we're called. It's, uh, it's in terms of what is, one is mixed race or dual heritage today, one is black minority ethnic today, and you know, maybe whatever. Um, but there were all these names and titles flying around, and the idea was that there weren't enough, uh, there wasn't enough money going in to, to the arts, uh, ethnic minority arts, to take it from the periphery into the mainstream. Um, and I studied. Theatre in I was born here when I studied theatre in Nigeria, uh, and so most of my theatrical background and references are Nigerian, uh, and to a wide extent African because um, a lot of the theatre studies in Nigeria is quite pan-African in nature. So um, I came at a time when there was this extra money that was given to, to theatre, but mainly the theatre the, the money was given to institutions, to the theatres, rather than to the artists, <coughs> rather than to the practitioners. So what it meant was that. The, the theatres still had effectively had control over the kind of representations and the kind of plays that could be seen on their stage. Uh, and I remember, because I, I was studying for an MA at the time, and my lecturer, when the announcement was made, told me that I've come at a very opportune time because of the, the fact of this injection of cash. 
But the first thing that I encountered here was, uh, as I said, these sort of uh, barriers, if you will. Uh, there seems to be amongst the theatres an idea of what should come first and what kind of representation to be in terms of black uh, uh, theatre uh, that, that should be seen on stage, on, on their stages. And I'm sure most of you are familiar with some of the discussions that have taken place, particularly in the media, the most recent being Lindsay John's essay, uh, The Evening Standard, a few years ago, about black theatre being a ghetto, a ghettoized theatre, where the only images that were seen on mainstream stages, such as the National Theatre and the Royal Court, were those of gun crime uh, and, uh, uh, and, and violence. And um, I don't know if you remember, remember the statement made by the Tarawa Theatre Company's uh, former artistic director, Pat Comper who said that she would never ever put a black, a dead black teenager on stage in any of her plays during her time at Tower. Which was a bit of a bummer for a lot of the uh, black theatre young playwrights, because a lot of the funny things that a lot of the plays, even that were taking place outside of the mainstream, had a lot of black deaths, because those were the major concerns of the communities. In respect of the mainstream stroke margins, uh, these were the issues that were the concerns at, at, at the grassroots level. Um, so for me, it, it was an interesting situation because here I was, uh, a, a, a person who had studied theatre in Nigeria, coming from totally different theatrical references. I can't remember the time when at the moment it was Kwame uh, Kwame, Roy Williams and David Green who uh, were beginning to get mainstream recognition uh, with a particular kind of play. Um, I was able to get my first play on, which was set in, in London. Uh, in Nigeria, but it was, it was a bit of a battle. In the end, the play had to be, we had to do the play uh, um, via the Arts Council, giving us a grant rather than a theatre producing, commissioning and producing the play. Uh, that was simply due to the fact that they couldn't understand the references that I was coming from. Uh, I remember getting some of the responses I was getting from our uh, literary manager and artistic directors was that they had never seen black people like this, talk like this, or behave like this. Uh, and of course, I didn't really understand what was going on at the time. And when the play was put on, it was a play called Early Morning, and it was put on at Oval House, which is a venue that is not a producing venue, but it's a, a, a venue that receives uh, uh, plays. And what they did was to give us the whole free of charge and allow us to get the money because they, in, in a sense, are, they historically come from a very radical theatre theater background. So for them, this was one of the kind of things that they were looking for, you know, a thing that offered a different form of identity formation uh, of, of, of uh, black characterizations. And so, um, but when I now wanted to make the move into the mainstream, I realized that thinking that, as you think, you've, you've, you've fought about and you've created your own identity and space for yourself in order to create and write whatever play you want to. And you must always remember this dictum, and I think it applies to every kind of writing, every race, that you're only as good as your last play. And so I was asked by a company called Theatre for Hotzi, uh, which is set in London. It's, it's a theatre company that uh, specialises in dealing in works uh, for Africans in Britain. Uh, and they, they approached me and asked me uh, to write a play inspired by Chekhov's The Cherry Orchard. Now at first I, I wanted to turn the commission down because I felt that we had enough stories to tell of our own without having to lean on an adaptation from you know, the, the Western canon. 
Uh, but also at the time I wasn't a very big fan of Chekhov either, so I, just, I found it to be very hard work reading plays that I didn't like <laughs> in order to adapt them. But he insisted that having seen my last play, which had involved uh, had, uh, issues of rape and physical abuse, he wanted something, and that was a comedy by the way, he wanted something that was more... Um, he wanted a more family friendly, which would get <laughs> So, um, in 2000, uh, 2005, I commissioned me and asked uh, the association of the Soho Theatre that uh, whatever play I, I wrote would go on, on, on stage there. And um, at that time, Soho wasn't very known as a, a venue where black people went to. In fact, I, I think a lot of black people never knew there was a theatre in Soho <laughs> at the time. But it was part of it, it was part of what I would call vision shift, where you had institutions having most of the money to create work, and then the companies that actually were black theatre companies having to go to them to sort of seek a, a kind of legitimacy to be able to put their work on. And this was the quandary which we were in. And this was one of the reasons. This was, so the um, the artist director, who was also who also directed the play, Femi and Forward Junior, um, it was a strategic decision the reason for him asking me to use the estate, as, uh, to use uh, the cherry orchard uh, as, as a way of us getting in, into the venue. Um, and he, he understood exactly, having been in the business longer, because the company had been set since 1997, and he has a very combative reputation, uh, as he would tell you himself, that he burned every bridge that he had ever, you know, every bridge that he had crossed, he had burned it. Uh, I think he'd actually burned them while he was still on the <laughs> uh, So he, he understood exactly what the politics were. At that time, I was, of course, protected by my naivety as the artist who writes plays and you know, arts for art's sake and all that kind of stuff that is above politics and all those sort of things. I didn't quite get it, actually. It was only after I'd written my first draft and made a presentation at Circle Theatre that the feedback started coming back from the theatre that, um, that there they were problems. They had serious problems with the, with the way the play was written. And I remember the first thing I had with the family was to ask me what exactly was my target audience. And I said to him, uh, it was Nigerians. I said, well, therein lies the problem. <laughs> we are not in Nigeria. We're in England. And the theatre-going audience is, is mostly, it's mostly middle-class people. And mostly for the Soho theatre audience in particular, as a very, I mean, if, 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 if you were composite with Soho era, you know what kind of era it is like, you know. It's, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, you know, very bohemian, a lot of brothels, and it's also where you have most of the major, most of the major film studios, like Fantasy Central Fox, have their offices, and so there are a lot of post-production <coughs> film studios that cater to that. So it's a very trendy, you know, mid-30s, is it ABC, you know, group. And that, that was the major clientele of the theatres. And I said to him, well, here's an idea. If you market the play to Nigerians, they'll come and see it then. You know, so that, that, that was the plan. And he thought, well, uh, that's, that's true. But I, I think as somebody has already made, the idea was for us to make a, a leap into the mainstream. That was the idea. To cater not just for the Nigerians, but also to try and widen the, 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 the appeal of the play to the mainstream audience. So in the end, um, what happened was that the play had to go through certain changes, which I didn't quite like, uh, until the theatre was quite satisfied that 
the play uh, would be suitable for an audience. But the problem with that was that the play has now been shorn of more what I would call its Nigerianness, uh, in that it had to be. It was partly written in uh, half of it was written in Pidgin English, Nigerian Pidgin English, which uh, we would call sort of the Nigerian lingua franca. Uh, most people make a mistake and believe that English is the, official, is the national language, but it isn't. It's, it's the official language. Uh, and it was part of the Yoruba and, and other, about two, three other Nigerian languages. And that was one of the core problems that the, the theatre had. Um, and so all of that was gone. And it, on the last uh, meeting I had with Femi, it, it sort of seemed as if I was writing the play. In a sense, you do write a play for your audience. But now I had to write it for a, 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 a. It had to now sort of sway towards more towards one particular audience than another, and so by the time it turned up to write the third, my third and final uh, no the rehearsal draft, uh, I just sort of got, a, got this sort of Damascene conversion, you know, where sort of the scales had fallen from one eye, so um, and I decided to go back to my old draft, so. Of course, the good thing about being a Nigerian is that you're already categorized as a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> so when the theater thought that it, I was doing deceit, I said, well, I'm a Nigerian, what did you, what did you expect? You know, of course I wasn't going to do, uh, write the play you wanted me to write. You know, sooner or later it would have manifested. And it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's just manifested at a time when you can't, you can't withdraw your offer in the play. It just, you know, it just happens that way. So, um, what happened was that uh, when it finally got on, fortunately, the, the first groups that came in were Nigerian. And through the Nigerian network, of course, the Nigerian network isn't. They don't read Evening Standard or The Guardian or The Trade. Um, most of the first people come, it's by word of mouth. And also what happens through the networks is that when, where you might get, uh, in, in, in England, where you might get couples, individuals you know, coming to see a play, in Nigeria, one person goes and comes back, and then there's the whole family. And fortunately, we have this extended family network, <laughs> the uncles and the and so on. And so this critical mass over the the, 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 the period gain. And I think what happened, in in, in a sense, I, I wouldn't quite say whether it really did break the mainstream as such in terms of I would say what was the makeup of the audience every night. I'd say it was probably about thirty to forty percent white and sixty percent. Uh, 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 black, and then towards the weekend, we probably about eighty percent black, eighty percent uh, uh, white. But I think what it did do, particularly for the theatre, that it actually created a cultural change in the theatre, where they actually realised that uh, um, because the, the, the contention what you hear from a lot of theatres is the same thing you might hear in many other institutions, is that black people do not go to theatre. Mm. Uh, Africans in particular don't go to theatre. Uh, but there's a sort of Hollywood maxim that if you build it, they will come. Um, and it, it, all I really asked for them at the first time was to give me an opportunity to build it, and then let's uh, uh, and, and then let them come. But as a consequence of that, what's happened was that um, the the the, the theatre was, of course, was quite delighted because it was I think it was about the only sold-out show for the season. And also they were very happy because it was set during the 2006 World Cup, uh, where they thought nobody. But then again, I, I told them this is because you mistake Africa for you know you mistake countries uh, uh, for the continent. Nigeria didn't qualify for the World Cup. They'd be damned if they watch Ghana. Or <laughs> 
first cup to qualify for a World Cup final. So, um, but it was these sort of little things that I think aided the success of the play. And to the extent that when we did a sequel three years later, the theatre never asked us to see a draft of the play and just said, what dates did you, did you want? And gave it uh, uh, twice. The, we did a two and a half week run for the estate. And then for the sequel, which was called the Yale, which we now went further by giving it to the Nigerian title. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, went a five and a half week run instead. Um, I think the idea is that there are still structural issues, particularly now with funding cuts. Uh, if one is to, to be honest, in a sense that was just one success out of many. But it's a great thing. I must say that it, the idea was to. It, we feel we have succeeded, in a sense, because um, in May, no, yes, between May and June this year, there were five Nigerian influence productions in London alone, all going on at the same time, uh, including a Yoruba version of The Winter's Tale for the Globe Shakespeare season. Uh, and there were three, uh, 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 three of the plays were written by women playwrights, uh, and all went on in mainstream venues. Um, so hopefully that the, there there is a, a there is a kind of shift that is taking place that is aligned for a certain kind of diversity, but it's a diversity which I have to say which I forgot to say for me it was influenced by uh, and I'll round off after this but by the um, when I first came to England the first place that influenced me actually played written by writers of Caribbean background and one of the reasons why it influenced me was because I saw. Speaking in platform stage, I saw this people the sort of the kind of confidence that you would see. And the Nigerian plays that I used to see at, 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 at that time were written, and I, I think Wally Shane has a lot to play in Kriveh, which is that sort of high flown, like it didn't matter whether it was set in a garage in, in a motor car, everybody was speaking of Shakespearean style of English, which bore no resemblance to the Nigerian that I, 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 I knew. And I do remember asking one of one side writer why. And look at our Caribbean brothers and sisters and see how they like, you know, keep it real and what's with this. Which, but of course I knew it coming from the same, as I started and I understood all the politics of that. But again, he said his influence was, of course, this is what Bloomberg's anxiety of influence is, the influence of those writers that had gone on before him, who at the time, when they were writing their plays, don't forget, during the, the colonial period, where at that time it was to, to prove yourself that you could write it, yeah. so you could do this. And that's the reason why that accounted for those plays being written in that way. Um, but it's a continuing tradition in, 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 British, in, in African British theatre. And that's one of the things that I actually sought to grow. But that first did come, as I said, because the confidence I got came from watching the first place I saw the Hugo House and, and the small fringe venues of seeing it. And I, that was my marker. Uh, uh, and hopefully, I, I, I think what's happened with this last tranche of Nigerian plays is that they start to do the right plays in the same way as well. Mm.